Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. I was a priest in Southern Oregon at the church called Shepherd of the Valley. And one of the things we used to do as staff is during lunchtime, uh, sometimes we would bring different food and then just share it with people. And we had this little kitchenette in there that we would do it with. And so one time Joyce came in and she's, Father, I've got this spaghetti. Do do you want some spaghetti? And uh, I thought, well, it's probably better than my peanut butter and jelly. So it's like, sure, I'll do the spaghetti. Um, But to be honest with you, spaghetti is not my favorite food in the world because really it's pretty easy. You know, just boil some noodles and pour some Classico over it and call it good, right? But anyway, I was thinking like, okay, well, it beats peanut butter and jelly, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for the spaghetti. Well, anyway, I started eating the spaghetti, and I was thinking like, Joyce, how did you do this? I said, this is the best spaghetti I've ever had in my life. And she said, well, I just picked the tomatoes from my sister's farm. They were vine-ripened in these special kind. And then I kind of took out the water and then boiled it down and then added the spices. And anyway, she kind of explained it. And I said, well, I said, can you make more? <laughs> and she said, sorry, it's the last of the tomatoes. It's just the, the end of the batch. And uh, this year's done. I'm like, oh. Well, anyway, so I, I started calling it magic sauce. And so I said, you've got to get more of that magic sauce. And she's, well, maybe next year. So anyway, next year came and went. We had fires, and so the, uh, the smoke was in the air, and the tomatoes weren't good. And so she goes, sorry, no, no magic sauce this year. I'm like, dang it. So I want some of that. Anyway, so then the next year comes and goes, and she goes, I just don't have time. So then the next year comes and goes. Anyway, finally she says, okay, I've got some more that I've made. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, so anyway, I go over to her house, and she, she serves me the, uh, the spaghetti, and it's not as good. It's not the same. I was like, no, nah, it's good, but it's not the magic sauce. And uh, anyway, she's like, well, it was like that one time I think all things came together. I said, no, you don't understand. It's not like I was uh, on a gondola in Venice, and then I've got all this psychological stuff that was going on that made it better than it was. I'm in a church kitchenette, when I tasted it, so I know this is the best that ever has been, and you've got to duplicate it. She's like, I don't know what to tell you, Mike. It's like, I can't duplicate it. Well, anyway, ever since then, this magic sauce has been a legend, and it's been about 15 years, and I still have not had better spaghetti. But sometimes things like that happen, you know, where just food comes together, and it's like, wow, this is awesome. It's like, I can't believe how good this is. And you, and you, you really want to enjoy that experience. Now, there is the opposite of that, and the opposite of that was when I was in Tijuana, because I worked two summers with the Salesians there, and nothing wrong with Mexican food, but the Irish seminarians that were visiting, they could not eat it because they couldn't handle the slightest spice. Instead, they would say, well, don't you have just boiled potatoes? It's all we want is boiled potatoes. And it's like, no, we're in Mexico. Get used to the food. It's better than Ireland. And they're like, no, I need our boiled potatoes. And anyway, so then finally their compromise was they had this white bread that was called pan bimbo. 
And uh, that's literally the name, bimbo bread, you know. And so anyway, they'd have this white bread, and they'd put a slice of ham on it, and then they would eat that. And they're like, oh, this is so good. And I was like, you guys need to get out more, you know. Uh, so on one hand, you have this contrast between the, the sliced ham on bimbo, and then on other hand, you've got magic sauce. So if you had to make a decision between which one you wanted to live by, it would be the magic sauce, or at least with me. And I know some of you out there are going to say, I like pan bimbo, you know, but, but really, this is kind of what Jesus is getting at. He's talking about us being the salt of the earth, and that image doesn't mean that we're all salty. What it, what it means is that salt gives spice and zeal and flavor to life. It, it helps things to come alive. And without salt, food is bland, it's flat, it's without life. And he said that your blessedness what I bring you and what you receive from the gospel is salt and light. And so in other words, you are all called to be that salt and that light, you know, to have that, that gusto and, and that, that zeal for life, something that really brings, the, brings everything alive around us. And then the light is kind of like the vision of the gospel that gets lived out. And by us, receiving that, living that, and offering it to others, that this is part of a certain blessedness that we have. Now, in the Old Testament, we have the Ten Commandments, and in the middle of the Ten Commandments, there's a line in there that says, Honor your father and mother so that you may have long life and blessing in the land. And I thought that's, well, that only applies if you honor your father and mother. It doesn't apply with all the other stuff. But I started noticing that the more I read in Deuteronomy and, in particular, and also in Exodus, is there's this connection between when you're living the commandments and when you're living the law that you are blessed and you have this certain blessing in the land, in the Holy Land and what it's referring to is where God dwells because you are dwelling where God dwells you are living like he wants you to live and therefore you are better off for it you are blessed in that and that blessing is something that helps you to thrive in this life and so anyway that was the understanding and now Jesus He's on the Mount of Beatitudes, and that language is on purpose because we have the Mount, uh, Mount Zion, and we also have Mount Sinai. So Mount Sinai is where Moses received the law and gave it to the people, and then Mount Zion is where King David, the Messiah, dwelt, and so it's a sign of his descendants that would be Messiah. And so since Jesus comes and proclaims the new law, he doesn't receive it, he proclaims it, so that's a sign of his divinity and his power. And also, since he's also the Messiah, he comes with that authority to be able to proclaim things. And what he proclaims, first of all, is blessedness. And it starts with the beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he, he goes down and gives eight different ways we are blessed. And you might think that, well, those blessings don't seem like great blessings. You know, mourning and being a peacemaker and all these sort of things. But it's a follow-up on the blessing that we have if we follow the law of God. And if we follow the law of Christ, who is God, then we have blessing. Even if things around us don't necessarily seem to be a blessing to those who don't have Christ, who don't have the gospel. And so it's a reminder to us that we are blessed. And therefore, no matter what we do, we bring that blessing with us. Now, there was in the 1600s a certain heresy called Jansenism. And there was this particular bishop, Jansius, and he 
he kind of had a little bit of a leaning that was pessimistic. And therefore, in his mind, he just thought, well, almost everyone's going to hell. And uh, also, if you're going to follow the Catholic faith, you really got to kind of make yourself miserable to do it well. You know, so for example, if, if the church says you need to fast on Fridays, then we're going to fast three days a week and we're going to fast only on bread. And we're gonna, it, it kind of was an extremist type of mentality. And uh, this Jansenism was very pessimistic. And it was something that took hold in parts of France and also in different areas of Europe at that time, including Ireland. And the, 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 the actual teaching of Jansenism was condemned as a heresy. And so it wasn't that much longer that, that they said, no, that's not what the gospel is about. The gospel is not about, well, be Catholic and look and act miserable. You know, that's not what it's all about. That we're supposed to have a certain blessedness and joy because of that, that that's what our Lord brings us. And so there's this false uh, mentality, I think, that, that is so common in much of the, uh, the Catholic world. And, and you especially see it on YouTube videos and things like that. It's like they're mad at everything, and, and you've got to be more extreme than God himself. You know, it's, it, it's really not the teaching of the church because the church has a certain moderation about it. And so, for example, the church will say, during Lent, when you fast, that you have one regular meal and one lighter meal. You know, it's kind of moderation. Uh, I had uh, someone come up to me once uh, in my last assignment, and, and she said, Father, it's like, I want to fast during Lent, but I want to eat nothing but bread and water for 40 days. And she didn't look like the healthiest thing in the world, so I'm like, I'm kind of concerned about that. I don't know if that's good for you. And, you know, God doesn't want you to do something that is going to be bad for you. It's okay to make a sacrifice because you're connecting yourself to the sacrifice of Christ and his cross, and you're appreciating that. And it's a reflection of your gratitude and your joy in, in being a Christian. But it's another thing when you're thinking that just if I make myself miserable, that somehow that's going to glorify God. And so anyway, I kind of talked to her about that. But I think we have to be careful about that, you know, that that Jansenism is something that is still around. And another reason it's around is because the French Canadians, they came up through Canada and they came and they brought the gospel, but they also had a, a bit of a tinge of Jansenism with them. And then also, since it was popular in Ireland, the Irish were very influential in the evangelization that happened in the United States. And so there's a tinge of, of that in there. And nothing against the Irish and the French. Uh, thanks be to God, they brought the gospel to the New World. Uh, and I happen to be French-Canadian, so I appreciate, you know, their sacrifices and their efforts. But we do have to be careful that we don't portray a false sense of what it is to be a Catholic. That we are blessed people. And because we're blessed people, that naturally gets lived out. And as we live out our blessedness, then the many good things of the gospel start to be revealed. And that's why, for example, in the 2,000 years of the church, we have so many good things that the church has done. Uh, we have all the hospitals, we have all the schools, we have uh, the, the different types of Catholic teaching that, that ended slavery, and we also have this respect of the dignity of the human person. That is a Christian concept, and it comes from directly from the teachings of Christ and also from our Jewish roots. And I think sometimes as Catholics, we don't even know our own history. And so when someone says something like, you know, oh, you Christians, you're, you're so bad, 
it would be so much better if there were no Christians in the world. And it's like, well, that only can be said out of ignorance, not without someone who knows their history. And then look at it this way. So all of you who consider yourself Catholic and Christian, are you better off because you know Jesus and you try to follow his law? Well, I know I am. I can speak for myself. I don't want to know who I might be if I didn't have the influence of Christ in me and many good and holy people along the way. So I depend on God for that blessedness so that I can be a better contributor to the good things of this world. And that happens, first of all, if I understand that I am a blessed son of God, and therefore I can bring that blessedness into the world, and I can be that salt and the light that God wants me to be so that others can have an understanding of that and that they can also glorify God. It's all part of his plan. And this is what's happened in the 2,000 years of the church and its history, that we have countless saints who have literally changed the way we think about things. But because we're just kind of in it, we don't always recognize it for what it is. So in uh, part of this, too, is I think that, that there's a certain idea of joy that we are supposed to have as a follower of over Christ. And, and maybe you're thinking, well, it's kind, of have, it's kind of hard to have joy when, when things don't always go well, but I don't mean joy is giddy happiness. So joy is something that we hold on to that, that brings about uh, a, certain, a certain zeal and zest for life and, and uh, uh, understanding and love. And it, it's something that, that is there regardless of what happens around us. And that's why Jesus said, blessed are you even when these things might happen because you're in his kingdom, you're in his love, and you have direction in this light. You have what you need to thrive. You have what you need to be able to live your life in a way that brings you joy and brings others light and salt. And so in this week, we might want to think about some of that. So the first thing is just to know that we are blessed. Secondly, to be able to be that salt and that light and live out that joy. Even if we don't feel like it, we can still live it out. And then lastly, be the influence that God wants us to be so that others may know the good things of our God and glorify him as well. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.